Welcome to the Heroes of Reality Podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Hey there, young adventurers. Dylan here. And on today's podcast, I interview Jason Ray. He is the head of Vive Studios, and he helps with developers getting up and running in the world of virtuality. I met him years ago over at CES when I pitched him on one of my VR games that was more of a prototype, kind of a road rash VR experience. We connected and he's been a big support to me and all of the developers in the, in the world of virtual reality. He helps you get up and started. He helps you with pitfalls, sometimes helps you with financing tools. And he just really is passionate about the space and overall a great guy. We talk about his journey from the world of game development and being a producer over there to get into the world of virtual reality for HTC. Talks about his magic moment, his mind-blowing VR experience that got him chills and got him to jump in headfirst into the virtual reality space. And then we talked about what are some of the pitfalls that you face as being a virtual reality developer up and coming, how to get started and where to find people online if you're trying to form alliances. And this was a, it was a great conversation. It was awesome to catch up with an old friend. And so without any further ado, I'd like to present my friend, Jason Ray. Hey, Jason, thanks for joining me today. Hey, Dylan, great to see you, man. Of course, brother, of course. Always a pleasure, brother, always a pleasure. It yeah, is. it's been a little while since we've, uh, we've seen each other. It's true, I think, uh, you know, the current state of things has us all kind of hiding under rocks somewhere, but believe me, busier than ever, more meetings than I've ever had in my life, uh, and uh, I keep them busy. Yeah, brother. Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy how I mean, I mean, we connected, you know, before in the world of virtual reality um, at CES like a long, long time ago. But it's weird. Before then, it was kind of virtual reality was more of a uh, like a vitamin, kind of a nice to have. And then with COVID, it went into like a pain pill where it's like, oh my God, I need this, and this has to be a thing, which is crazy. Yeah, uh, we're we're keeping in touch with each other. My my team, we uh, actually meet in virtual reality. Uh, three days a week, and and can you know collaborate and conduct business in virtual reality. We uh, actually like it better than Zoom calls. No. You know, it's oh, uh, we do feel the presence, and we like we still enjoy the idea of being in the same room together. That's cool. Do you do like whiteboarding sessions in there and things like that, or? Yeah, pretty much anything uh, that you know. There's not a lot of limitations uh, in terms of what we can do in virtual reality. In fact, it's usually the other way around. Yeah. Uh, do you mind if I ask what, like, what systems do you use for that? Like, what does that, what does that look like? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, not to sound like an ad, but um, HTC uh, produced something called Vive Sync, available uh, free download. It's simple team collaboration uh, application that allows uh, up to thirty people and then a, a suite of tools, which I think are really ideal for. Like making presentations and so forth, and it just gives us enough that we can bring in 3D models. We can we can uh, write with a pen, um, and uh, there's a number of other things available to us that allow us to to conduct meetings in virtual reality, um, usually project related. We got a browser. We've got the ability. We can bring in documents. Everything is huge. It's up on a big screen. It's just, and then, and then we can high five and shake hands and do silly stuff too, because it's full body avatars. So, you know, it's virtual reality, man. I mean, it's cool. We're, we're in the room, we're doing our work. That's incredible. Yeah. And part of the things, especially being in the VR space, it's, it's 
it's like anything else. It's, it's good to eat your own dog food. It's good to actually have the thing that you have. I years ago, I don't know if you noticed, I used to own a gourmet food truck um, before I got into the world of virtual reality. And uh, right when I started it, like day one, when I launched with my partner, he turned to me out of nowhere. I was like, I'm a vegan now. And I was like, you just opened a burger food truck with me and you're a vegan. He goes, yeah. And I go, okay. <laughs> I was like, there we go. This is where we're at. Expand so. the menu, you know? Yeah, um, <laughs> we definitely did. You know, we, 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 find you know i'm a virtual reality guy and we do talk about things like hey you know what what can the world be better uh, by uh, making something virtual um and we yeah zoom calls can be a lot better right but i mean but the idea was um exactly you gotta eat your own dog food to prove it you know and we built a tool and we started using it as a team and, um, you know, and there's so many applications in virtual reality, which is a whole other discussion is about what a lonely place it can be by yourself. Um, but with other people, it's absolutely fantastic. And uh, even with just rudimentary avatars and basic environments, we're able to meet and feel like this is cool. And, and it was just more jovial. And um, as a tool for our team, it, it helped us beat COVID a little bit and some of the things that was keeping us from being able to be a little bit more productive. Mm. But other teams caught whiff of what we had done and started sharing the tool. And then HTC comes back and says, guys, this is great. Let's let's do something with this. Take it to the next level. And that so um, this is sort of how a lot of the projects start uh, in, in virtual reality at HTC. It, it's... it's uh, um, you solve a problem and you build your proof of concept to do that. And, and in the end, you realize that it works and you just keep going and pushing. And um, we think virtual collaboration and meetings are, are uh, a definite step up from, from what was there before people had headsets. Um, you asked about what we were using. And, you know, it, when, you're, when you're meeting uh, with people, you have to be a little bit uh agnostic in terms of what you allow and so uh for us to you know that was one of the things we said right away is this this has to be able to support uh all all headsets and this has to be able to support people who don't have a headset so we we built a a, a pc viewer component that puts you in the room just on a 2d screen and also that same uh, item exists for an android uh, operating system so you can join by android phone or tablet but but you know i mean you know yeah so so we of course we're inviting non-vr into this but but um you know funny one of the things we had to do was find a way to make the non-vr people feel a bit more on par with those who are actually sitting there doing full body tracking and in uh in a virtual meeting room and so try to give them features and give them presence so they're not just a fly on the wall Man, that nailed it. I mean, and that's also one of the reasons why I think that, you know, 360 VR, um, you know, you know, came out and it came out to solve a, 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 an issue. But then you, a lot of people have gone to the, the world of three, 360 uh, virtual reality, but then you compare that to say multi-user VR and it's no comparison because it's like the difference that I call it between the difference for being a ghost and being a god. And literally, <laughs> literally. I mean, really, in, 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 in that whole area, you're, you are 360 VR, you just look around, you're like, okay, you can't look, you can't touch, you can't interact, and very much the same thing with a PC or a, a mobile phone is like, you, you can't do that. It's like, you literally are eyes and ears, and that's all you've got, 
right? Versus in VR, you can you can make butterflies appear and you can do this and you can all those all those different things. And that's why it's it's just it was um an easy way for people in the video business to get into VR and to say, I do VR, but it wasn't the most impactful. And for me, one of the things that I've always focused on, and I think you're there with it, is that the the magic moments for me have always been the the, the greatest impact is multi-user VR. Having people in that shared space, collaborating, and then just adding tools or widgets or whatever things might be to enhance that experience that you we couldn't do that in real life. You know, you couldn't grow 10 times the size or shrink someone down or any of those other all those other magic moments. Um, so I love the fact that you guys are in that space, but you also do need to address the fact that not everyone's got a headset and people have to come in and in, in having someone in there and be present is better than not being present at all. You know, not uh, be a, like a VR snob and be like, if you don't have one, you can't participate. So, you know, I like, I like the fact that you did both cross-platform, but you also went deep on that whole presence thing. Yeah, and you know, and, and you talked about how long ago we met. Um, I still, I think it's safe to say there's still lots and lots and lots of people who have never tried virtual reality. And when you were, when we had met, you were starting, you had built a, a club, a following of people around virtual reality, people who probably didn't have it at home, who'd never seen it until you showed it to them. And then you, they were meeting you um, at locations where you were giving, uh, you know, demonstrating VR in a nice social environment. And we did learn early on that uh, VR is better with, and, and people don't get this. So, yes, only one person can wear the headset, but it's fun knowing that all those people are watching you. They're watching what you're doing. And they're so excited for you and what you're experiencing in virtual reality. They can't wait to get in it as well. And then you guys, when you're both out of it, you, you talk, you share the experience, what it was all about. This was the stuff that recruited me kind of, you know, I, I was in a good world. Uh, you know, I was making video games. Uh, I, I love that and, I, and I, I love everything about it and I was good at it and I enjoyed it. But uh, virtual reality uh, brought some of that childlike excitement back to what we were doing. And it was mind blowing to all of us felt like our lives had been changed and we thought we're, we're gonna do this. And, and you're changing people's lives on a weekly basis, you know? And I'm thinking, uh, you know, I had a few VR parties myself, just at my house, just call my neighbors and my friends, come over and we'll have the VR set up. And that, that was the whole evening, you know, even though that we had other things planned, that's what we would do. And, you know, it's, it was a, it was, it still excites people. It's still fun. Um, and uh, I, I think the feeling is still the same. A hundred percent, man. And uh, yeah, I was definitely your, your, your friendly neighborhood VR dealer and <laughs> in the space that I would, I would go and I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I wish we had a counter of how many headsets we've put on new people, uh, both me and you, if we had that counter in the background of the first time experience. But when you do that, you get so excited when someone has no idea what that is. <laughs> and then that, that gift, because you gave them that feeling and they'll forever remember the, the person, whoever that person might be, even though it may not be your experience, who gave them that, ex gave them that experience, which is, which is wonderful. And especially if you're at parties and you do events and things like that. And and what I call reality stacking, if you're if you're imbibing substances like alcohol or whatnot, and then you're in VR, it's, it's you know you're 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 going through that whole level thing. Uh, but I would love to talk on a couple things. Is you originally weren't in the VR space, so and can you, I'd love to go back a little bit because before that you were in the gaming space. What did you do in the gaming space, and what what got you into that? And then you kind of touched on the childlike magic, which got you in the VR space. But I'd love to hear a little bit about that journey. Yeah, you know. Um... I stumbled upon uh, video games, not to say that when I was a little kid, uh, probably like a lot of little kids today, um, I did think 
got you know I wanted to be a, a person who made video games. But life changes, it takes turns and you, you go through high school and there's no college at the time that I could get a degree and guarantee myself a job making games. So I really kind of, it was a, it was a fantasy, it wasn't a reality. Um, so I did like everybody else, I, I got into economics. But, um, but just through a chance happening, I, I, I went, knocked on the door of a video game company and they gave me a shot uh, at a, a low level position and um, maybe, and then just just uh, within the first couple of weeks, I realized my dream could come true. I changed everything, I, everything. My entire plan uh, went on to like, I, this is what I've always wanted to do, and this is what I'm gonna do. So, so yeah. So I became a game producer, and um, I, that that title, by the way, is is slowly going away. Um, awesome. But 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 in the day that when I was uh, you know getting my start. A producer was kind of a, was a product manager and, and ultimately responsible for a lot of things, creative, creative vision, uh, project management, um, budget and timelines and schedule. Um, and nowadays the projects are so large, you, you need a hundred people to do that stuff or you can't just have a, a producer handle that. But um, that, it's a great start because that's software development. And, and software development so far is kind of feeding all these mediums and including uh, uh, everything from TV and movie, uh, as well as, uh, of course, virtual uh, reality applications and development. So, um, so you know, but, but the thing, it, when the way that things have gone now in, in, in video game development is it's tougher to innovate, it's tougher to, um, uh, do, do something maybe that hasn't been done before or, or take chances or create new IP. Whereas um, VR gives us, gave us a fresh start. Uh, we were able, able to kind of go back and do experimental stuff. And like, this seems like it'd be cool. Let's make it and see how it goes. And, and from that, you know, able to kind of uh, get a little taste of what video games was like when I started uh, 30 years ago. Yeah. The uh, well, a couple things on that. One, yeah, I'd love to dive in a little bit in terms of uh, producer. You know, those types of you talked a, a bit about those. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of spots. I mean, to me, it sounded like you described a creative director and a producer, and and you know, and like a there's a lot of roles inside that. And I'd learn about any pitfalls or thoughts or lessons you had around that, any struggles. That's that's really interesting. I, so that's my that's my my question. Uh, one of the topics uh, just to touch on when you're talking about that innovation, um, in that in the space is. You're totally right. As an ind industry becomes saturated with stuff, right? Then, in order to create new novel things, you got to put in more value. So that's why there's also these giant blockbuster hits that also people start dumping 10, 20, 30, 40 million in in order to try to compete because now it's it's it, it's gone from creativity to just a manufactured process, like a like a Disney movies, just kind of it just comes out right versus yeah. VR. It's like you put together a widget, you know, you, 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 you take a, you know, a controller and you take a, this thing and you merge it together and you're like, I made something completely new. No one's ever seen it before. And there is a lot of joy in those random, because look, it's like a, it's like an undiscovered land, wild, wild west stuff. And so that is part of the beauty. And one of the things that attracted me to it, um, but that's just a touch on that whole innovation side of it. But I'd love to learn like, how are the pitfalls similar or different uh, being a producer in, in, in the roles of, in the game industry? How has that role evolved so much to be in VR? What are the, what's changed? Oh, VR added rules. 
um, rules that we, we weren't used to uh, coming from the video game world. And one of the things we learned early on was you can't just take, uh, even though everything is still built um, you know, in 3D, um, uh, not all video games translate well to VR. And first thing, and everybody who's close to VR understands the first rule of VR is, 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 has to do with motion sickness and making the user comfortable in the experience. And so many um, games are based on quick movement and, and accelerated movement and, and you know, just shaking the world itself in a game before an explosion will make someone uh, violently ill in VR, you know? You can't, you can't do, do this. So, so when people started saying, man, if you just took this game and put it in VR, it'd be awesome. Like, no, it actually wouldn't. It doesn't work like that. And, and you could see kind of their hope fade but they don't understand, <laughs> you know, so, but, but, but however, yeah. it, what they, the, having the two, you know, guns for hands in virtual reality and full 360, you know, 360 degree of, of, of motion and vision and movement um, and full body tracking, that is still, that is super exciting. So not to, you know, dissuade people from making something like a call of duty and virtual reality, just have follow some rules and, and you can still make it fun. That's why I think the first this, the first kind of big games of virtual reality were, were uh, um, wave shooters. Stand in one place and everything comes to you. And that gets old a little bit fast and they're starting to find better ways around it now. But um, so the, the rules, the rules of VR is kind of, uh, was a difficult Motion transition. Yeah, yeah, but nobody had, a, nobody had written down what those rules are. Man. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember when I, I, I believe it came to you, and I don't know if you remember the game I, I pitched to you uh, in order to get uh, one of those uh, sweet Vive headsets. Um, but it was, uh, and we built this as a, as a, as a prototype we we're going to show to you. I don't know if we ever did, but it was a, a road rash style game where you're on a motorcycle and, you know, you can hit the other person and, and then, you know, they crash. Um, I didn't really, <laughs> at the time when we were building it, it, we you know built the PC version of it, then built the other version of it in the in the and in the PC version and in the VR version. When you crash, you tumble, right? So yeah. for anybody in VR, if you're going so fast and all of a sudden someone hits you, and then all of a sudden you just kind of randomly flip over and over and over again, you know, I was like, oh god! You just take off the headset. You're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'd like to, and, uh, and those, but those, those lessons, those, but you're so excited. You're kind of like willing to suffer, you know, to go through it, even though it's not the best thing for people. It's, yeah. um, it's learning. But, but on the other hand, other genres, like look the horror genre, right. And what VR um, has done for that in, in watching, you know, people flip the headset off or, or in our case, we were doing demonstrations of, uh, for um, paranormal, activity and we we built these makeshift uh, uh shacks almost they're like cardboard shacks and with vr inside and people are going in there to demonstrate uh full activity <laughs> and everybody in every location doing it. we did this at the launch of the premiere launch of the film and we were kind of commuting to each other through a text thread and and just relaying all the crazy things we were seeing um everything from uh, i had a guy doing karate kicks and booting the walls out and I'm, I had to be, gotta be careful because the roof will fall in on him. Um, and so he's, he's kicking and fighting and punching and trying to fight ghosts. And the, somebody else had, I heard they actually uh, themselves. I, I heard uh, uh, always lots of 
tales of just people screaming bloody murder and, and you're like vr is good for this <laughs> yes it is yeah this <laughs> i i did a phantasmophobia i don't know if you've tried that there's no, a, I haven't tried that one yet. No, you're basically like, you know, all those ghost shows, ghost paranormal shows, you're uh -huh. ghost hunters and you run through the ghost, you run through it, um, a steam game, but you could, you could run around and play it, uh, super, super popular, uh, but you can do it with a, with a VR headset um, and you, you, you run around there and it's terrifying because you're in there and ghosts chase you and then you can, and, and you're, you're with other people, it's a multiplayer experience and it's again, it's terrifying. One of the things about VR is you can't put your hands in front of your face. You can't, can't like cover it you, up. You can't. You can't protect. You can't run away. You, and it's funny to see people run off and just run into a wall, you know, or run into a thing. It's it, it is, VR and terror is very very powerful, um, as an experience. It's so that's an important point. And this is a game maker's ultimate uh, nightmare is, uh -huh. you take the headset off, you know. And I had a I had discussions with the the paranormal team, and they made some fabulous adjustments and did some really great tuning to the product. So if you just, all you're going to do is just jump scare people to death. They're, they're never going to finish here. They're not going to, not very few are going to come to get to the end. And, and as a designer, you know, that's horrifying because you, uh, that's all, all your, your thought, your creative energy is going to this experience and you like, and it's easy to scare people in VR. So you don't necessarily have to go, um, super extreme with it you know just 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 enough and and they you know and i thought that you know correct balancing things like that made for a really good horror experience with playable horror it's still i still there's still stuff i won't play when nobody else is in the room i just <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you it, there there are some ones that are just that freak me out and even though it could be daylight or whatever it just it gets really intense and so i uh we um you know, we used to do a bunch of hackathons back in the day, uh, just figuring out the technology, which was great. A bunch of passionate people just coming together, building things. And I made one of the most horrific experiences. Uh, and it was awful. And it was terrible to build. It was terrible to test. And it was, it was, um, I don't know if you remember, I don't know if you ever heard about it. This was years and years ago. Um, but we did a hackathon, a horror hackathon. Um, and this one gentleman, um, AAA developer gentleman, he goes, I want to build a VR electric chair that shocks you in real life. And so we made this thing called Old Sparky um, and built it and as a part of the team that did this and kind of built it from the ground up. And we had it at one of the conferences I threw, um, SoCal conference, but you'd basically, here's the experience. You sit in the chair and you're, you're basically a prisoner waiting to die. Uh, they st we strap you in, we have you sign a death waiver, you get strapped into the experience. And as you get strapped in, you look and there's a, a CTV monitor, CCTV monitor and, you, and then it flashes and opens and you're in the electric chair. And, and this is a, a social thing. So you're sitting there and, you, and, and in VR, there's a red light. And on the back of the electric chair, there's a real red light with a, one of those <laughs> knife switches. And in VR, there's a guy with a knife switch. And then what happens is that thing charges up. The whole thing charges up. We had one of those haptic chests on, so it simulated a heartbeat, right? <laughs> and the hard thing is you couldn't tell that that wasn't your heart. And, and so people started to get really, really, and people would scream and scream and scream. And then what happened was the next person in line got to flip the trigger. But what happened when they flipped the trigger, two things happened. Two things happened. One, 
they got electrocuted and the two a photo got taken of them and it got shared online so like and so they're like at the end of the conference there's just dozens and dozens of people just got blasted but it like imagine trying to develop on that and test that and it's two in the morning you're doing a hackathon and people like hey does this work you're like oh you know so well you just uh you just breached rule rule number two which is immersion you know and i think you can probably look in a a sort of a a business pages type thing for vr companies and about 30 of them are immersion immersive or immersed something right and uh, because it, it's it's kind of some people call it the first rule of VR, but I, I say second because. Uh, but anyway, um, and you guys created that environment. You, the person lost touch with the fact they're in virtual reality, and that's why it frightened them so much. And um, it, and and so someone will create a room, a virtual room, and they're, and they're and they they want to make the most realistic room ever, and it's got chairs and it's got bottles and it's got. Uh, a cabinet with a, a bookshelf and everything. And then you, as the person experiencing the room, you go into the room, you're like, this looks amazing. And you go over to grab one of the books and you can't, or you can't lift any of the bottles or nothing. I go to kick kick or punch the chair or something, nothing. I can't interact with the room. Um, suddenly it doesn't feel very uh, real anymore. And um, this was a, well, the other uh, thing that we had to kind of work with. If we put too much in the environment, um, and, and enough of it wasn't, you couldn't interact with enough of it, uh, it ruined it. And so you look at a game, uh, a game actually worked uh, with the team really closely, uh, Job Simulator, mm. um, they created an environment that was completely interactive. There was very few things, I, I think, in those, any of those um, simulations they built that you couldn't touch, grab, break, or whatever. And and then you, you, when you start experimenting with what happens when I take this one and this one and put them together and it works and they tested that themselves and they built a very immersive experience, one of the most successful virtual uh, reality games yet and in Job Simulator and um, they their game does not look real. It doesn't look, <laughs> it looks completely silly. However, the level, you know, you start to feel like you're in this place and what, as you're interacting with things and you forget that you're not in reality because yeah. things are responding what you, what you would expect. So well, immersion. I, I, you touched, you touched on something that was really good um, is that a lot of people that don't have experience with VR that want to make something, build something, whatever, they want it to be as real looking as possible, right? And, and people that have actually been in VR realize that it doesn't need to look as real as possible it needs to be as interactable as possible. Yeah, and, the, and, and, and that is 100% on point. To your, to your fact that when you're talking about immersions and we're talking about the horror things, what about the flip side of things? Have you seen things in VR uh, that spark positivity or um, joy or other things that, has, has there been other experiences that give you the flip side of not horror, but more the, the positive side of humanity? Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, you know, one, one that's, comes to mind is um, there's this idea of uh, this experience that was called tree and um, it was you are in a rainforest environment that quickly though becomes a little bit more stylized and the experience rainfall and then as the tree is absorbing um, water through its system you're following that 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 the course of the water going through the roots of the tree through the, and, and the whole time you're just kind of like what's going to happen next but you're you're um 
just watching and, and marveling at it. And it's with the music and the, and everything else going on. Um, it felt like, you know, you're like, you know, origin of life kind of thing. And, and, and sort of it had a really uh, intense feeling to it at the, at the same time, another person had taken another, um, approach to VR and they created the experience uh, uh, a, a near death heavenly experience where uh, you you uh, actually go unconscious and then you uh, find your way in partially towards uh, wherever the, the afterlife leads and that and but it, it, it starts off as a it's scary and ongoing and you're confused and it ends with this warmth and comfort and and then the person returns back and realized they didn't they didn't they didn't expire, um, uh, but it was more like you know stop don't you don't have to be scared this is and you kind of went wow that was quite a journey you know and so I <laughs> a, a afterlife experience without actually going to the afterlife yeah um, they wake you up I guess so um, so I mean there's a there's a I, I feel like I've left several out. Um, you, you know, because well, the thing is, I also, I mean, you've tried so many experiences, and I mean, and through the years and years, I, I can't even imagine how many things you've tried. So, I, I part of it's just like open up doorways when you think about new, like things will open up your mind to those things. Real quick, on the mm -hmm. note, can you just, just so everyone knows, like, you know, can you explain kind of what you do at HTC and, and what, what does that look like? Yeah, I work okay. So I work with Vive Studios at HTC, which is sort of the developer facing arm of. Of, of, of the company. And that could mean a lot of things, but generally uh, we support developers, try to help them find technical solutions, uh, provide them hardware uh, recommendations, um, but we also um, partnerships and strategic uh, strategic partnerships and, and other types of, uh, uh, of, of collaborations and, and such. But, um, you know, we have a more of a higher calling, I could say. Uh, we're told that you know people are we're still building this ecosystem this virtual ecosystem uh, and and we're, we're we're basically trying to help anybody that's trying to create content for uh virtual headsets to get from point a to point b you know whatever it is we can do and a lot of times you know that includes some type of promotion of what they're doing working with our teams and bringing a visibility to their efforts and or finding them clients you know it could be anything uh, we often just say just tell us what you need and we'll do our best you know but 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 that's sort of my day is usually conversing with um, different developers in the industry who are looking for some sort of support um, and we do create content our, our own content um, I think I think though you know it that that eats up so much time and requires so 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 many people that we're we're more focused on sort of helping other people create their content. Yeah, you know? 100%. It takes it takes so much to make good content and as you know so it's like you could you could help hundreds of people or you could build one great game. It's like there's such a <laughs> it's a very very difficult uh, thing to do and yeah, you've been super supportive I know through the years I've known you. I know heard nothing but great things about um, Five Studios and what you've done and people really get a lot you. of help and support so it's been it's been great and uh and yeah so i've definitely come to you several times going hey i've got this thing i'm going this place i need this and you're like all right let's see what we can do come on down and it's been great and so it's it's super helpful especially for developers um getting started in the space and uh 
question that feel free to jump on that but uh since you have seen so many people i would consider you to be a mentor of young up and coming you know heroic you know virtual reality engineers that want to come through this path and sure. kind of guide them what are the typical pitfalls problems you address one of the things that violating the rules but what are some of the other things that you see that are really these 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 guardians that stop them from actually getting to where they want to go as as developers I think there's some stubbornness that is most people have at first, you know, because they they had what they thought was a great idea. And then people's the first thing they ask for advice, and someone tells them um, to change it. And, um, you know, first reaction is, is, but, 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 you know, this is my vision and it's my idea. And I think, and that's fair. Um, but when you hear it over and over and over again, that, you know, you, this, this, maybe look at this from another lens. Um, you, you really need to be, a, a, it's okay to, to, to change and, and realize, you know, um, whatever it was for whatever reason you were doing it, the reason why others aren't is because it's not a good idea in the first place. So um, there's a little bit of that, you know, stubbornness. And, and although I think it's, a, it's as much a weapon as it is, uh, uh, you know, weakness, um, so just use it the right way. Um, the other pitfalls is just to understand just what it costs to do this stuff. Um, it's expensive, right? It's really incredibly expensive. And uh, to, to create these large um, experiences, uh, especially if you want something that looks real or whatever. So uh, budget appropriately, but keep in mind your audience is not quite the same audience as say the Xbox audience or um, you're, you're serving a much smaller audience and, and in order to keep it uh, economy of scale, you need to keep your budget in check. And um, thirdly, I, I think don't, don't, don't try to do it all yourself. Uh, a lot of people have already done stuff and are making um, things available to you, whether it's tools or AP, different APIs, or you check all the SDKs that all the companies have to offer, whether it's us uh, at HTC or it's another uh, headset maker. Um, you know, NVIDIA, uh, all the hardware companies are providing you everything you need to, for the most part, you don't have to do it yourself a lot of times if you just look around, just like, um, you know, so so I would just say, just be aware that that you don't have to build everything from scratch all the time, you know, yeah. which, you That's know. Such, a, such a challenge that you, you nailed some really, really, really good points. I mean, I, I mean I've thrown a lot of content creation weekends where there's a lot of emotional investment because of a lot of energy and social pressure and, you know, um, uh, challenges um, emotionally because you've invested so much and it is your baby. And, and it's a, it's a challenge. That's because, okay. Well, it's, it well, it's good because there's a, any, any creative situation, it's a balance between trusting your own passion and vision as, and listening to feedback. And it's, can you, can you keep your principles while taking advice to make it better. And, and some people can, some people can, and, and it's a whole series of grays. But one of the issues we touched on, I think is also right onto that note is, is this thing of operating in a cave, is that you operate in a cave, you don't look up, you don't get feedback, you don't look out to see what other people are doing, you don't manage your budget. And then when you pop up, you, you're like, I made the greatest game in the world. You're like, well, that's like these six other games. And it took you way longer. And you could have just downloaded that SDK. It's like that. It's that problem of dev developing in a hole, which is super dangerous. Versus like, you know, my food's the best or whatever, but I haven't tried anything else. You know, it's a it's a challenge. VR makes it 
VR makes it tougher still because right because just being in VR for most people is is fun and you put someone in VR for the first time um you know and you say yeah here you know uh, go in there and they drink coffee in VR and they go that was so awesome thanks and so if you think you're going to create the, the world's first virtual coffee drinking experience and be super successful with it because that you know people are having fun doing that uh, that's that's not the way to take that feedback. Um, and, and you have to be your own filter. You have to yeah. realize, you have to make sure you get down to, okay, would you do it again though? And that was always, that's always ultimately what determines it. When you can't get somebody out of the headset, if they want to just sit there and drink the coffee for three days, you're onto something. hundred <laughs> percent, man. I totally agree. And it is, it is a, it, it learning that lesson because it's one thing to show people that never seen it before it's another thing to show seasoned veterans that have played it so many times that like will those seasoned veterans go back in will they promote it because that because they're that whole nostalgia novelty coolness of it is gone and that they're just they just want to play it because it's it's an actually an, an incredible experience really challenging um what do you think in terms of like just for you and you know going through uh you know working with htc you know, along the path of, of everything, I mean, do you have, like, you know, what, because you're talking about helping people along the path, but do you have your own personal mission or holy grail or things that you're seeking or trying to do with VR? Is there something that you're seeking out of the whole VR experience or is it uh, just for the, the, the pleasure and joy of it? Yeah, you, you know, it's, that's, that's the toughest question I, 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 to answer today um, because I think there is a holy grail. I, I but I feel like some, some of the roadblocks aren't aren't coming from what's inside what we're building for the headset. It could be the headsets themselves, you know. And um, and I think you know what I mean. There's they're expensive. Uh, it still requires some setup that just uh, you know it's not as easy. It's not turnkey. Um, and think, I mean those are just two of the issues. Uh, and ultimately. Um, uh, you, you know, I, I I would I would take off my headset to do something on my phone. Still, I I think I look at the movie Ready Player One, mm -hmm. and um, they can't. They're, they're Amazon. They're they're um, Netflix. Everything that they're doing for entertainment in life is in uh, the Oasis, mm -hmm. and that I call that that is kind of like the Holy Grail. Um, for VR too, I think, but it just has to be a bit more streamlined in the sense where I can put on my virtual reality headset and um, I can browse the internet, I can call my friends, I can do my taxes, I can, and it's all, it, it's all, you know, just like your own desk at your fingertips. And we have to uh, make the virtual world as convenient for everything as the real world currently is. So the Holy Grail is just more of just, um, uh, that all everything we're doing now, but we're building each application one at a time. It has to be part of the operating system itself, and, uh, and uh, it's a that's a tall order, I know, um, because I think there'll be lots of fun games to play, Dylan. I think there's going to be lots of great applications, but um, to get people to keep staying VR on a daily basis. It's going to have you know replace the phone and the, and the laptop. Uh, yeah, I totally know what you mean. I know I, I, uh, I uh, recently Matt. Um, you remember Matt? He uh, yeah. recently he got married two months ago, three months ago. 
Um, and I accidentally, for the first time ever, took my phone for a swim uh, with me. <laughs> uh, you know, just a casual swim for like 45 minutes or so. And it was done. And I was like, oh, I'll just get, I'll just get a phone like three days from now. I'll just wait until the thing, there's like a new iPhone thing come out. I'll just wait. And it was the, I just felt strange not having it with me. And I felt the like urge. There were so many times in so many places. And I would just, I just felt this weirdness that I was like, oh my God, I'm incredibly addicted to my phone. And it is a part of me. And it was just like, wow. And that right now the, the VR headset isn't that. VR is incredible and it's fun and it's great to put on, but it's not one of those things that like, if I didn't have it, like I'd absolutely, oh my, I don't know how to operate my day-to-day operations, right? And that's, I mean, right. I feel like what you're talking about right now is like a way of life um, versus a entertainment activity. Yeah, right. I, if you could somehow take all these devices that we rely on um, to do our, to, to, to keep in touch with our friends, do our work in the, in the entertainment, um, VR actually could do all those things. It's just, uh, it, I, you know, it's just going to take a while for all that to to uh, come together and integrate, you know. And um, by then, too, we'll, we'll beat some of these other problems. We won't need the uh, the PC tether. We won't need. Um, uh, we won't. We won't. We, our form factor will be smaller. We'll 5G. We'll have, you know, uh, things will will be it'll all come together at once but i do still believe the future is virtual reality even um and and in augmented reality will will complement it yeah 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 it will there's going to be some sort of like hybrid you know put put your reality (laughs) on top of this reality and then keep keep moving and i i don't know exactly what that looks like but we both we got to be believers because we're in the space right we invest in time energy because and it's just one of the things that it just what I loved about VR, especially when they first getting started with it, is that the true believer people were there in the beginning because they knew the magic. They tried the magic and they're like, hey, I don't know what's going to happen, but I just want to be a part of just all of this because it's that that child. Like, it feels like you're a child again. It really does. I, I put... I put my six-year-old and eight-year-old into VR. I spent like some time with them over the over the uh, holidays, and they they went. They were playing Minecraft. And never played VR. I put them inside of it, and they're just like, "Yeah!" And uh, they're getting really upset because I'd play it, but I was doing it for work, as testing things, and their parents wouldn't let them continue to play. And they're like, "No, he's working." They're like, "He's not working. He's in VR." They know he's working. And it was this whole battle that they had, um, but uh, but. It, it brings back that that sense of childlike wonder. It's just how do we how do you make an an everyday thing um, that that is like the phone, which is the phone is really like, you know, if you had an option, don't ever use your phone again. It's not most people would be like, oh, I don't think so. I'm not going to give that one up. But it's what do you think in terms of like looking at like virtual reality? Do you remember your your magic moment, like the thing that sizzled into your brain? Oh my God, this is a childlike experience. Do you do you remember that? Yeah. Like, yeah. What what was that for? Can you talk about that? It, it is actually the the so <clears throat> so I was kind of secretly invited uh, to to have a demonstration of virtual reality, and the Vive was the first headset that I ever uh, experienced virtual reality. Which good thing for me because I I know some of the earlier uh, prototypes. Um, uh, from other, you know, where, where the experiences were, were lacking a little bit, but yeah, um, you know, and everybody knows this experience that has gone through an HTC demo, but they put me in the the, the thing called the blue, 
And um, it, it, there, it's, a couple things happen. One, I, I, I freezed. Um, I, I, I was so immersed right from the start that the things that were solid that were, and they're telling me, yeah, feel free to walk around. You're okay. You're on a, you're on a shipwreck, bottom of the ocean, standing on the deck and there's fish and schools of fish and things going by. And there's enough light coming from the surface of the water to see your surroundings. And it's gorgeous, but there's shadows, shadows being thrown off, off everything. And so it's very, the depth is obvious. It's super immersive. And I, I had to carefully reach down and feel that things weren't there because my mind immediately clicked with this like this. So this was working for, for me right off the bat. But when out of the out from behind you, you hear this noise and this um, uh, to scale uh, blue whale comes swimming up and the eyes looks this big and it's staring at you and its tail swishes down. I felt like it was going to blow me off the front of this. And um, I think it almost brought me to tears because it was, it was like, man, I'm there. Like, I'm there. This is it. And at the same time, that's when it was suggested that maybe I, I joined the company. And you bet. I mean, you guys have got me. got me. The Kool-Aid, you know. So, um, yeah, I was so blown away. And, and Dylan, that was it. That was my uh, moment uh, when I knew that this was, this was for me. So. That's incredible. Give me tingles when you're talking about that. You're describing the, the big eye and the tail and, and feeling like you're being blown away. That's one thing with VR. You feel things like your, your, your mind, you're like mentally prepping for something like, you know, how you hear uh, a playlist and you hear one song to the next and your mind already starts to play that next song. What you're talking yeah. about that right there is that wave, like that tail wave. You're like, here comes the hit. And then, you know, it doesn't. But that that's the magic. That's it's so powerful. It's been more than five years since then. And we have to remember that when we're showing VR to the, someone for the first time, and I'll put them, I still use that experience as the handshake, we call it. And sometimes I, I'm just kind of kicking back going, yeah, they're looking at the whale. And I've got to remember, if this is their first time, they're probably feeling the way I did five years. And i got to remember to always, when they come out of the headset, like, yeah, that was awesome, right? And they're like, yeah. And not not just go, yeah, it's cool. You know, you. I remember what I was feeling. And I have to make sure that, you know, they understand. I still know that how cool that was. And, yeah, it's important. Because you are the ambassador for that virtual experience. And, and to have that magic is is incredible and that's why you really I like, get that oh. feeling that one time too just you know you start getting used to virtual worlds but that 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 handshake is it, you know it's hit me only a couple times very very few one was the very first time you know where i played like someone did some sort of zelda top-down experience completely <laughs> ripped all the zelda graphics but put you in it got complete motion sickness um, <laughs> but i put that and I, I did the whole zelda run zelda music zelda everything 8-bit ter terrible experience I loved it, but you know, got incredibly sick. Uh, the the second time is when I went in and I did my first multiplayer experience. I didn't know that there was a real person, and then you talk to a person, you're like, "You're a human?" I'm like, yeah. I was like, "Really? What do you? Do? Oh, where are you at?" And I was just like, "That that was another one of those moments." I was like, "Oh my God, you're you know." And that's the thing that brought me to doing multi-user VR stuff is just because of that that magic of just wow, what could we do of I it? Mean, not necessarily building the oasis, but like 
but you know getting there is it's it's incredible by the way do you know that they came out with the second ready player two ready player one ready player two the book yeah 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 Yeah. okay okay yeah it came out i recently put that one down um uh you know it's, it's great it's it's awesome all that fun stuff uh, I hope Spielberg doesn't make a movie out of it. I, I'll just leave it, leave it as a book. Fair enough. You know, it's funny. I haven't started it yet. I bought it. We bought it for uh, my son uh, for um, Christmas, and he went back to college and left the book here. And I was like, cool, I get to read it now. But I'm probably still gonna take a peek. But uh, the book's great. Uh, audio books. Oh. I never say I say I read something. I listen to it on an audiobook. Me and oh, me and books. And, uh, me and books have we uh, we battle with each other sometimes. I, I can't do. It. I just put on a headphone and I go off and have someone read me a bedtime story it's, it's beautiful <laughs> but yeah so okay so um coming through this whole thing you're talking about virtual rowdy you're talking about um in the space of getting into so you have your mind blown you've gone through it has there been anybody in the space that you look to as mentors as advisors as people that have done incredible works people that you'd consider to be heroic along the journey is there people that you look up to whether in in like in real life uh irl or virtually that you you look out to say wow they do great work i you you mentor them you 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 model them you any of that type of stuff that stands out to you yes the answer is yes it's it's a little bit more fresh than than say video games where a lot of people would would you know they'll talk about these famous game game producers you know from nintendo and such but so we don't have that yet necessarily um, but we do have some people that are, are, are have been amazing advocates for virtual reality and who you feel um, their presence in this field is driving it and keeping it interesting and helping people learn with it. And one of those guys, um, I think Carmack, um, who came from video games, uh, is when I, you know, when he talks about VR, he's educating and he tries to tell you how it works, why it works, what the problems are, and he does it in such layman's terms. Um, it's fascinating to me. And, and sometimes, you know, it amazes me. Uh, I'm working with it every day and I still learn more about it every time he speaks. And maybe it's stuff we know. Maybe it's stuff we know, but it goes unsaid, but then he says it. And you're like, that's really, that. I, I, you know, it's, why is it an epiphany? I don't know, but uh, I find uh, Carmack being in this, uh, this is it's a familiar face that I'm familiar with, and, and at the same time, he's um, a, a good ambassador uh, for it overall. Um, he's he's incredible, by the way. I, I I see the whenever he goes out the halo of geeks as they call it the <laughs> there's an orbit of, of of people that just want his attention and he's so kind and so giving and he's also i mean he pretty much pioneered and invented 3d you know gaming i mean he he did yeah, a lot of that he, brought, he just brought that in right and he's like oh, i could do that just you know and and bang that out so he is prolific would be one of those ones and and i saw one thing i, I was i was giddy about i was watching elon musk and john carmack and twitter talking about making jet rockets rockets back and forth i was just like you want you want to talk about like i was just like well, i was like oh yeah but I'm, I'm just i just feel like a monkey in this level I'm like, uh-huh yep okay <laughs> yeah. it's super impressive but yeah that i i totally agree uh carmack is one of those if he didn't exist in the in the ecosystem we would be so much farther behind uh, he's one of those dudes that can push 
an industry forward. Like he's our superhero, Musk. right? He's our superhero. But but our frontline heroes, and I, this is not sucking up, man. But it's people like you, Dylan. People like you who changed you who went from a food truck to virtual reality, who shared your what you were learning with other people in, uh, as an evangelist, as a developer, uh, and and now as an educator. Uh, uh, you know, um, there's a there's a you know there, there's more there's there's too many to name, but I I, I respect uh, what what you're doing for for uh, industry and for the ecosystem um, more than just the people maybe who are just create, even creating the apps because um, we, we're still a lot of discoveries being made right now. I, or I don't know if we're ready yet to start. This guy's a hero, that guy's a hero. I, I mean, you know, there's a lot of names uh, of people. I invented VR, but VR, we all know VR has been around for decades. It's, it's, so nobody who's created in, in the, the last, you know, in the last five years is, is is a is is a pioneer per se, uh, although they are, you know, not saying they're not they're not contributing, um, but that's not why. But the but you know they're they're that that's not what they should get for recognition. What they should get for recognition is is how they're making VR available to the rest of the world who doesn't have it. And I think um, we're getting there. You know, uh, more headsets and and um, so. You're, you're, you know, I would say you inspire me. Uh, uh, thank you, but that's not really, it's not needed to me. Like, it's, it's a very, it's a very selfish thing of VR is cool <laughs> and I like it. And, you know, the way that I've always learned and, 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 and grown in any industry, like when I got in the food business, I didn't know anything about food. So I got with other food people and we figured it out. You know, when I got into the VR business, I didn't know anything about VR. So we got with other passionate people and we figured it out. And to me, it's like, you get so much like same thing putting a VR headset on someone else. It's it's a it's it's fun. It's a fun thing to do. It's fun to talk about it. It's fun to talk. And like when you come to like one thing that I'm so I miss, the one thing I greatly miss from this whole pandemic thing is coming to VR events and coming across old friends. Like seeing you at an event, and be like, hey, we're here. You're here. You want to go get a drink? Let's go. Like that to me is the one of the sad things. It's it's cool. You can do it in Zoom. We can have Zoom drinks. We can go off to you do it. And, it, and there is some magic in that as well. But to, when you when you when you meet a friend at one of these like you know little VR events. And it's like, it's like an oasis. When you see an old friend, you're like, oh my God, it's you, it's you. How you been, right? That to me is so awesome. And, but you, the only way you make those friends is by sharing knowledge and information and showing up and, you know, standing up going, hey, here's what I'm working on, you know? So that's, you know, that's cool. But I think there's just so many other people in the space that do way more, way more than I do or any of those other things. It's just, but it's just, it's fun, right? This is a fun, a fun space to be in. I, I get what you're saying. It it's a friendly, it's a friendly uh, industry though. And I, and, and so, you know, so the credit I'm given is oftentimes the fact that, you know, um, maybe something that wasn't around um, when, when I was uh, doing video games is this, this uh, idea of, of co-works and like places like we work and stuff. And, and we have uh, places around where, where, I, where I live, um, eight or nine different virtual reality companies are working in them and they're all kind of aware of what they're each doing and they support each other. And yet they're all still, they're all looking for the same thing, whether it's investment or customers, um, but they're not competing. And, and, and it's amazing some of the collaborations that are being formed and, and they're quietly trying to hide the fact that it's four companies working on one, 
uh, application because you know, but they're all trying to help each other, and they yeah. but they don't want it to seem like it's uh, uh, um, you know that they're they're making something uh, Frankenstein's monster. They're not. They're just they're just you know at this point they're just being you know sharing what they know and trying to build the ecosystem. So I really think that uh, being there at the beginning of this uh, new phase in virtual reality has been exciting, and it's taught people to uh, play nice, and rather than um, maybe forming, you know, building rivalries, they're building alliances. And I think that that's, that's a part of the, the whole thing that I've enjoyed as well. That's super powerful. One thing you're talking about this, I've, I've noticed this also a little bit with uh, this industry and other types of industries is when it first comes out and there's like, there's no marketplace, there's no money involved or anything like that, for the most part, people are really open, right? But all of a sudden, like when real money starts to come in, I see people start to shut down, shut down, which is, it, it starts to like, oh my God, there's only so much of the pie and then I'm gonna lose the pie. And then people get really scared but the, the people that do really, really well, the ones who just openly collaborate, have those things out there, like you're talking about going to co-working spaces, don't operate in a whole. And that realize that the, the power of, of, of the sharing is, is you, you get so much more. I mean, that is literally human superpower. Our ability to collaborate through space and time with other humans is what allowed us to dominate this planet. And people sometimes shut down from that. They forget that ability and that, that and that's one of the things that, and also it's, it's, it's just, it's just a better way to live. At least in my own theory, you know, my own <laughs> method is like, I'm, I'm definitely like, you know, I get as many friends around me as possible. I'm like, where do you want to go? I don't know. Let's figure it out. So yeah, that's, that's, it's, it's, it, there's a lot of joy in that. Um, you know, what, what advice would you give to somebody that's just getting started right now? Like you're like, you know, uh, just like they're you know, maybe listeners or something that they want to get into the technology, but they haven't done anything yet. What would you say to them? Yeah, I would, I would say now is as good a time as ever. Um, I think there's still plenty of opportunity for investment. I think though, you know, uh, it's getting harder and harder to come up with an original idea. Uh, but I think, look at it this way. Um, maybe uh, the idea is, maybe an idea is not original, but it's the way it's applied and uh, how easy it is to use that um, might get it over the top. And, and so I think it's okay, you know, if you see something else that's being done and you think it's doing wrong, they're doing it wrong, to come up with a, a build a better mousetrap kind of uh, situation. So um, my, my advice is, is, you know, form alliances, uh, get to know as many people as you can, take the support when it's offered um and and you know push the dream it's it's okay yeah, it's a great time to be honest with you I, I uh as good as any and especially and we're we're turning another corner i think we're about to see sort of the true next generation of these consumer vr kits um i think uh, you know uh, quest 2 is a, a good example of that uh, doubles uh, uh, theoretically doubles the power of the original quest um and in a, in a one life cycle, it's pretty good, you know. So, um, you know, all in ones are going to be important to the to the ecosystem and, and to the you know both enterprise and, and normal consumers. So, uh, I think we're we're kind of where we wanted to be uh, when we, five years ago when we said where we're going to be. I think VR is right there, or, and it's getting closer to uh, what we thought it needed to be in order to uh, sustain popularity. So. You know, the advice is really just go with it, you know, do it. Go with it, yeah. Where would you say, like, how would they how would they connect with people online? Considering this is like, I would, my first thing was like, go to conferences, but that's not really a, a thing. Uh, what, how, how do people form alliances in this, in this new post-COVID era? What do you think? 
Okay, so yeah, you make a good point, right? When we all were meeting, we were all meeting in person. It was it was another situation. It was different. It was great um, when we did that, and I enjoyed it. I was just like, when you said that, I'm like, yeah, you should go to meet a. You should go to con. Oh God, what is that? Because I don't know how. I don't know how you'd form a. I mean, well, online obviously, but I don't know how or where you'd get started with that. Let's assume this this situation we're in is temporary for one, but mm. but in the meantime, I know there's a lot of. Uh, VR groups and, and meetups. And surprisingly, um, maybe not surprisingly, the people that are forming some of these, these I think there's one called XR group uh, that I've talked to in the past. Uh, and, um, you know, you think it's, oh, it's just a meeting of minds of people who are really enthusiastic about VR. But then you find out a lot of our movers and shakers, they're doing stuff, um, you know, building finding solutions they're there uh for for companies for in virtual reality they're they're running their own um uh, uh group uh, of um uh maybe on, on some different vr vertical that's that they're doing a lot and they're influential and they're knowledgeable and they're open and i i think that you know you kind of have to dig a little bit to find people like that but the vr community is close close knit and it's, right now it's still very uh welcoming so, you know, for, for people that need to find those contacts and they're still out there, they just have to use uh, the internet. <laughs> yeah, the internet, find some Facebook groups, maybe some other some other things like that. Yeah, some LinkedIn um, groups, some Facebook yeah. groups. And, yeah. and the thing that it's always social because as we've already talked about, VR has to be social or, or it, it, some of its luster is lost. And so impressively, um they're they're willing to, to to meet and talk and share ideas love that um are there any um are there any last thoughts that you had that you'd want to share because i'd love for people i'd love for you to tell people how to get a hold of you and how, how they could find you in some way shape or form if they're a young developer and they have a great idea or they've built something or they're on the path and they want they want to publish um uh, but, you know, is there any other um, lessons or insights or things you'd like to share with them before sharing kind of how they can get a hold of you? Yeah, you, you know, hmm, insights to share about what to do. Yeah, there's uh, starting points are very, uh, you know, I, I would say it's, you know, you don't, you probably would, would not want to start really sharing ideas with people until you, you actually begun the process of building them. And um, if you just want to call someone to talk, that's one thing. But if you want to pitch a concept that you don't have any um, uh, paper trail, or you know, you're starting to give you're giving your idea away. So just keep that in mind. You know, when, when if you have this great idea, uh, um, you know, be careful about how much of it you you share, um, because uh, things move so quickly, and your idea can be copied uh, quickly. So. My point is really just uh, get past that phase. Get past the point where you're like, what do you think? Get past that. Get to the point where you're going, here's how it works. That's when you're ready to start talking to people in the industry and, and, and finding out how am I going to build this thing? So, yeah. Beautiful. So it's one of those things, don't tell me, show me. Right? Yeah, yeah okay. pretty much. That's beautiful. Prove, and Prove your idea, and yeah. at least the paper concept. And if people want to get a hold of you or find some find out more about what you do how do they how do they look you up what does that look like 
Yeah, uh, you can email me. <laughs> Just, should I give my work email to Dylan or whatever works for you? It's whatever you're comfortable with. Uh, there's been a whole range of, of of things here. So I'll tell you what, you can look me up on, on LinkedIn, um, but you can also, um, if you know, work emails for work. Um, so if, if someone has something they want to discuss, you know, and, and my job, like I mentioned, is to help uh, culture cultivate this uh, VR ecosystem. So it's totally fine. You want to talk about VR? We'll talk about your business or an idea that you're you're wondering how to you know who might have a an ear uh, to to help you out. Um, you can always Jason underscore R at htc.com. It's that easy. Beautiful. Feel free to give out your home address as well. Yeah, and... sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. No, uh, Jason, I appreciate you being on here. Um, we'll go ahead and, and wrap this, but this it was, it was a pleasure talking with you. And you are the same, and I, I hope we see each other again soon, and, and, and it'd be great when we can all meet face-to-face as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, brother. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or, if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.